Welcome to the Get Cozy Podcast, where we talk all about that coziest of book genres, the cozy mystery. I'm your host, Christy Meyer, and I'll be bringing you weekly author interviews and keeping you up to date on all the hottest upcoming cozy mystery releases. So grab yourself a cup of your favorite hot beverage and let's get cozy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, friends. We're so happy to have you tuning in for another episode of Get Cozy Podcast. And we have a very special guest author with us. Emmeline Duncan is a mystery writer based out of Portland, Oregon. Her novels include the Ground Rules series, starting with Fresh Brood Murder, which is out now, and Double Shot Death, which comes out in April of 2022. So welcome, Emmeline. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. Of course. And I just have to say that Fresh Brood Murder is without a doubt one of my favorite cozies I've read this year. And I just think this series is definitely going to be one to watch. I hope we get lots more installments. I do too. Um, We definitely have at least three in the series. And of course, I hope it goes on to run for a lot longer. Yeah, me too. It's so fascinating the way those book deals work in cozy so is it like the publishers kind of sign an initial book deal with the author and then they kind of wait and see how sales go and um how the author feels about the continuing on with the series yeah from from what i understand it's really common for cozies to initially be sold like as like for three books occasionally Uh you'll you'll see a two book deal but three is really standard and then the publisher decides based off you know really how well the book the series is doing if they want to offer you know, to do like, you know, two or three more books. And then you'll see, I mean, Donna Andrews series is now into the thirties. Right. And and so some, you know, some series have a lot of legs if they, you know, find the right audience. Well, I, uh, I really hope that this one runs for a very long time. Like I said, this is one of my favorites of this year. Um, But today we're going to be chatting all about puns and cozy mysteries. And before we dive into that topic, Emmeline, do you want to go ahead and tell our listeners what the Ground Rules mysteries are all about? Sure. So the Ground Rules series is set around a coffee car and a coffee roastery in inner Portland. So all the action in the first book, Fresh Food Murder, happens at a food cart pod. If you've never been to one, like Portland has a lot of pods where it's basically like what had been an empty like parking lot or city block. And there is a bunch of food carts usually and there's frequently like picnic tables. Some have like stage for music. Um, A couple even have like, you know, running waters with bathrooms. Like there's one on in Portland that's been around, I want to say at least 15 years. And then there's also carts like in downtown that are like kind of ring a parking lot without like the tables inside. But yeah, and so all of my action takes place, most of it takes place at a food cart pod. My main character, Sage, um, her and her good friend, Harley, start a coffee roastery and they open their cart. Sage has a kind of complicated background. Her mother is a notorious grifter. And the cart cart pod itself is undergoing some change with, um, uh, it had been a little bit bigger. They lost part of of the lot. And Sage comes to work one day and she finds the body of the developer that wants to buy the lot, um, 
dead next to her car, killed with her box cutter. And he's a former victim of her mother. Sage comes to work and she finds the dead body of the developer of the apartment building across the street and he wants to buy her lot. And it turns out that in the past, her mother scammed him out of about $100,000. And so the police, you know, are looking at her, you know, as a suspect for multiple reasons. And so she knows she needs to solve the crime so she doesn't, you know, end up in hot water. That's awesome. And I loved how, like, all those different elements of the plot just work together so well. And uh, the idea of, like, the food cart pods, because we don't have those here in Utah, sadly. Um, and that's so neat that you do have those actually in Oregon. Some places even, are they build, like, full-on structures with, like, you know, like an indoor, like, if, like in Bend, Oregon, they have, like, little, like, warming centers almost, like, with, like, heated seats. Uh-huh. within then like and maybe like a bar inside with then coffee cart with like food carts around them that's so neat and like what a perfect setting for a cozy mystery sure I liked it as a setting because it's a small community within uh-huh. a city yeah so like we mentioned book two in the series double shot death will be out in April of 2022 so what can re- readers expect from that book well, uh, Ground Rules goes on the road a little bit in Double Shot Death. They oh, have they have a second smaller cart that they use for like farmers markets and stuff, and they um, get the, the contract to be the coffee vendor for a eco friendly museum outskirts of Portland. And so Sage sets up um, at the festival and meets a musician that she knows a little bit. The musician she knows has some issues, um, is kind of arguing with a muse and with someone else. And of course, that's the person she finds dead next to her cart. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple people that would have wanted to kill him. And so all the entire mystery takes place over the four days of the music festival. That sounds so fun. Um, and I actually just had a conversation with Kate Lansing about Millennial Cozy Mysteries. Your series is very much part of that millennial vibe. Um, and I like with the music festival, I can definitely see that catering to that audience. And I, I mean, as all as well as like all cozy mystery readers, but I do think our Millennial Cozy fans will love this series. But I think mine and Kate's, those are a good comparison because you know, we both have characters that are really following their passion. They're in their late 20s. Mm-hmm. They're following their passions with Kate's, you know, with being wine, mine with coffee. And they're, they're you know, they're, they're kind of like, they're, they're strong characters who have a different viewpoint. I mean, I look at me, I, I like read a lot of cozies and I love a lot of them, but, you know, quite a few have characters that they're getting divorced or they've already gone through multiple uh-huh. stages of their life. And I love the millennial cozies where it's, you're getting in kind of early instead of kind of at a midpoint of someone's life. For sure. Yeah. And I do think kind of like you mentioned how your characters are both following their passions. I think that's very like a common characteristic of millennial readers where they're like hustling and trying to make a living with their passion um, instead of following uh, in like their parents' footsteps and some more like traditional career paths. So that's really interesting. And I love that you incorporated that into the book. Thank you. And is Double Shot Death available for pre-order now? It is. Um, it's available Perfect. anywhere you could buy. A, you want to buy your book, so I you know, always recommend your indie bookstore. If you pre-order through Annie Bloom's Books in Portland, Oregon, you'll get um, some swag with your book. Like I make little hand-knit coffee cozies, like for your to-go cups. Oh, and how those, cute is that? And those go out with the books along with some swag and other stuff. That's really cute. I'm definitely going to pre-order my copy from them. They're a really great little independent bookstore in Portland that has. Um, 
Molly Bloom is their, their cat. It's really fun. If you go to their website, Molly actually has her own book recommendations. Oh, cute. I love bookstore cats. So without further ado, let's dig into our topic of conversation for today, which is puns and cozy mysteries. So why do you think puns have become such a deeply ingrained part of the cozy mystery genre? Well, I think a big reason is it gives readers a clue to what they're getting into. It makes you think about it. Cozies are, on the mystery side, they're a little lighter, meaning they don't have graphic violence. Mm -hmm. And so when you come and you look at like, Oh, you look at the title, like, Meet Your Baker by Ellie Alexander. <laughs> right. You know, you know that, okay, it's, it's a mystery. You know, you get that sense of it. But then you get the, you hear baker. And so you know it's going to be around, like, a bakery. And you know that it's going to be a mystery that's going to be on the fun side, which doesn't mean that she's going to take the death lightly. It's just not going to be, you know, a hard, like, it's not going to be a noir, you know, private detective who's down on his luck. And he's going to solve the case, but he's still going to be, you know, in a bad place. Like, you know that it's going to be a fun book that you're going to enjoy. It's going to be a a puzzle to solve and hopefully uplifting. Yeah, I agree. I do think those puns make cozies feel a little more approachable for readers who might be intimidated um, by some of the darker, like, traditional mystery thriller novels. Um, And they do add some comic relief, which helps give that cozy vibe that we love so much. And I think, you know, with cozies, you tend to feel like when you read a cozy series, you're going back and you're seeing your friends, mm-hmm. right? They feel like real people and you're like, oh, I want to go to that bakery or I want to go to that coffee shop or bookstore. And you get that kind of sense of like a warm sense of community, which uh-huh. is really great to go and like spend your afternoon, you know, if you want like a, you've been at work and like you're tired and now you just want to feel like you're having fun, but not have to leave the house. Yeah, I completely agree. And I feel like coffee cozies in particular have so many opportunities for puns, um, since puns are a big part of the coffee culture as well. And the titles for your books alone, Fresh Brewed Murder, Double Shot Death, they're very punny. So did you come up with those book titles yourself or did you work with your editor on those? I came up with them myself. I For both books, I came up with a list of potential titles, uh-huh. about like eight to 10 actually. Wow. And I sent them to my editor who, you know, he took them and he, he talked with like, you know, the marketing department at Kensington and they told me like their top, like two choices of the list. And then, and both of them, we actually agreed on like the best title. And so that's, it was very easy, but yeah, they they all come from me. Um, and so it's really fun. I just keep my ear open when I hear people talk about coffee and like what uh-huh. you can like misunderstand, you know, and I want mine to have a, a kind of a unique sensibility. And I like that I'm not necessarily making the most obvious puns, at least currently, but they're still there. Yeah, how interesting. And I mean, uh, you already mentioned Ellie Alexander's series, and there are so many clever, cozy mystery titles out there that do incorporate puns perfectly in those titles. What are a few others that you've seen from other authors that you liked? There's one I've just seen a couple times recently that really makes me laugh. Um, And then there were crumbs. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it's, a, it's a reference to Agatha Christie's, you know, fam- very famous, and then there were none. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Leslie Budowitz has a, um, a spice shop series, and her first book is Killing Time. Cute. And of course, it's Time the Spice, which is, I think, a, a fantastic title. Body Over Troubled Water made me laugh because of, you mm-hmm. know, the, the reference to the song. Um, I mentioned earlier Donna Andrews, she, all of hers have like uh, birds in the title. And the one that I think was probably the best that she had, and I laughed really hard when I saw it, was Gone Goal. 
Oh my goodness. And that, you know, came out not long after like the gone girl phase. And uh-huh. so I was like, just how perfect. Or another That's one hilarious. that I another one I loved was the fast and the furriest. You know, it's a cat <laughs> mystery. <laughs> They're so great. I also really liked um No Memes of Escape by Olivia Black. And it's like memes, like internet memes. I thought that was so cute. Um, and then like we mentioned, Kate Lansing, her titles are really cute as well with the wine um, pun. So she's got mold to death. And uh, I think the next one coming out is Until Death Do Us Port. I just love those titles. And it's like a pairing to die for. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. So Fresh Brood Murder is just brimming with puns, both in the title and in the text as well. And then we've got Sage's Coffee Cart, Ground Rules, to the other food cart names like Cartography and Deja Brew. And there are also the Coffee Sage and Harley Create, like Puddle Jumper. So as you're writing, are you actively trying to create those puns to incorporate into the story? Or do they just kind of come to you organically? They tend to come organically, although I do have the sense of like, when would be a good time to work in something uh-huh. that's a little, a, a little note of humor without hopefully being you know, too far into just trying to be funny versus crafting a good narrative. Right. Um, food carts are a great place to incorporate, you know, some puns because they're small businesses and they don't always have a pun in the title, but like, like one of my, there's a pie cart in Portland, for example, that's pie coup, mm-hmm. you know, Cute. right. And it's, it's yeah, exactly. It's like, it's really fun and it makes sense. Or like, there's a place near me, like cheese and crack, <laughs> you know, <gasps> And so it is like, it's natural to work them in. And the same thing. And with the coffee names, like Puddle Jumper was fun. And it was, it's also a small reference to Portland being um, called Puddle Town. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I also love the dedication in Fresh Brood Murder, which reads, for Nevin, may your coffee cup be ever full. And I mean, for us coffee lovers, you just couldn't have come up with a more lovely sentiment. So how much of a coffee lover are you? And what is your favorite brew? I'm a huge fan of coffee. I actually bought my first espresso machine at 14. Wow. Yeah. And there's a place near me where I grew up that did like eggnog lattes. And I drank a lot of those. I mean, not like every day I was a teenager. Uh Definitely like a a treat I love to do on the weekends. And I worked a little bit um, in a coffee shop when I was in college. And I I mean, honestly, probably have 13 different ways to brew coffee at home. I've played around with roasting my own beans. I love going out and checking out new coffee shops and new roasteries and, you know, and talking with the people that work there because when they have a moment, you know, everyone loves to talk about the the craft of brewing coffee. Mm -hmm. And I probably default at home to doing a pour over with um, Oatly, like the oat milk brand. Uh And that's, and I I mix it up. I've been buying a lot from a coffee shop called Extracto and they have a lot of single origin. And so I've been trying everything that they offer. And, you know, grinding it at home and brewing it. When I go out, um, I do love getting just like a straight shot of espresso. And cold brew can be fantastic, of course. And there's there's one place that does cold brew flights with different single origin beans. And that's always like a treat to go out and try. That's so neat. So you are definitely writing in the right subgenre of cozies. Um, and I'm a huge coffee lover as well. And we do have an espresso machine. So like I, I make myself a latte every morning, but I definitely don't have like the wealth of coffee knowledge that you do or that Sage does. I mean, like I could be making a cappuccino for all I know. I don't even know what the difference is. But I loved um, as I was reading the book, like learning more about coffee through Sage's perspective. It's a lot of fun. 
Well, it's interesting to think of coffee where we get beans from all over the world, right? And a lot mm -hmm. of them are small family farms, you know, and so there's a lot of uniqueness like into like each, each, each bean. And it's amazing to think, right, that, you know, a few weeks before, or months before this bean was grown somewhere in like Guatemala or Ethiopia. Uh -huh. And then it made its way all the way into a coffee cup somewhere in the United States. Yeah, that's so neat. And just like not something that you usually take the time to think about when you're drinking a cup of, a cup of coffee. So I love that, like thinking about the story of where it all came from. So one of the things that Sage does in this series that I just think is so neat uh, is the cold readings. So can you tell our listeners what a cold reading is? So a cold reading is something that like a con artist would specialize in. And let's say I'm going to tell your, your, your future. Or let's say like if you look sad, they're like, you know, I'm going to make you like to talk to like your deceased grandmother or, you know, the, like the spouse you just lost. And it's basically a way that people look at you and they they look and they gauge your reactions, right? Like if you look sad and they mention a husband and you look sadder, and they, and these can be subtle things that are that everyone reacts in a way that like you wouldn't necessarily you have to look for it to see. Like maybe your eyes, mm -hmm. you know, close a little bit or your pupils get like slightly bigger. The way that you slightly tense up, like they're very they can be very minuscule changes and they're very hard to like. They're small reactions that you like you're not conscious of doing. And so I get con artists will be able to read those. And, and that's when maybe they're like, I'm going to like commune with like your, your grandmother, or like I said, or like a, like a deceased loved one. And they're basically just telling you what they think you want to hear based mm -hmm. off of those small reactions and Sage, like who could be, you know, a, a, like a grifter if she wanted to be, but she's way too moral uses that, that skill for fun, you know? And so she sees someone and she's like, they're wearing a Portland State t-shirt or they have like a Portland State. Um, she has one character who's wearing like a Jane Austen t-shirt, has a Portland State University keychain on her bag. So she's like, I bet you're, a, she figures out you're a student probably studying English, makes that guest and the, and the woman's like, oh, you're right. And so, you know, she kind of jokes around and, and reads her that way. Yeah. And uh, it makes so much sense now, as you're saying, like con artist and knowing Sage's history, that makes complete sense. Um, and as I was reading it, it felt almost like a nod to Sherlock Holmes and his powers of observation. So I was wondering if it was like an intentional nod to that. Um, but now that you're saying it was uh, the con artist aspect, it feels like it has more to do with her mother. Yeah, it was not an intentional nod to Sherlock Holmes, but it is a, a very similar skill. The difference being, you know, Sherlock Holmes was also like a moral character who didn't use it, you know, to grift someone uh -huh. did it to solve mysteries. It actually would be a fair comparison that Sage would use that skill in the same way. You know, she uses it to give, you know, good customer service and she's just very observant, which makes her a really fun sleuth because she does note like small things that don't make sense. Yeah, for sure. It definitely felt uh, like Sage was doing it to kind of like connect with her customers and provide that extra level of customer service uh, and not doing it in a disingenuous way at all. So it was a really fun aspect to the story. Thank you. So your series is set in Port Portland, um, which of course is a very large city and not the typical small town that we see in a lot of cozies, but readers do still get a real sense of community from the characters in the rail yard. So how did you go about infusing the story with that feeling of camaraderie and community? Well, and I basically, when I looked at a lot of the food carts in Portland, I mean, they are small communities in and of itself. 
mm-hmm. their own language and their own unique set, set of challenges. And so I looked at like, what were the, what are the positive and what would be the, the hard things about, you know, having a food cart and, 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 you know, I looked at like, how would this create a unique community? And then, you know, set about creating characters that were hopefully feel very unique to each other, have a reason for being there. Hopefully you get a sense they have their whole life when they're not on the page. And then, you know, and giving that sense of, um, of fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The characters definitely did each feel like very well developed and uh, they each had their own distinct personalities. And I loved uh, each of the the different kinds of food carts that you had in the rail yard. Um, And of them, I'm curious which one you would most want to visit in real life if you could. Well, it would probably be split between two. Um, I really do like falafel. And Uh so the vegan falafel cart would be a really great place. And then I also really do love good chicken and JoJo's, which is a very regional food. Definitely be tempted to hit up the jo- like to get hit up the chicken and JoJo's cart. And what are JoJo's? Because I've never heard of those before. So they are a specific. So be- calling them like French fries or wedges would be a bit of a faux pas, but you can start there to conceptualize. Uh-huh. You basically take a uh, like potato and you you know cut it into like four like long quarters, and then you roast it. So like it's like a basically like a pressure fryer. Like you bread it with some, like, you know, like probably flour and some seasonings, and then you roast it. So you pressure fry it, and that's a JoJo. Okay, interesting. And uh, I think for me, if I had to choose one of your coffee carts to visit, it would probably be cartography. Um, I loved that that cart featured cuisine from all over the world. And then that the name of the cart was kind of like a double pun cartography, like both in reference to a map and then to the fact that it's a food cart. I just thought that was really clever. That was a really fun cart to create. And I love that it's like food of the world, but with like also an Argentinian flair. Uh-huh. And yeah, that would be a, an absolutely amazing cart to, to drop by. Yeah, man, this is making me hungry. <laughs> I'm ready for lunch now. <laughs> That's like a good cozy mystery. Exactly. If you want to bake something and make some coffee when you're done. Yep, exactly. If I walk away from a cozy mystery hungry, the author did their job. So Sage has a fascinating family dynamic, and I adored her uncle Jimmy and her dad and her brother Jackson, but like kind of as we've mentioned in the story, her mother definitely feels like more of an antagonist. So can you tell us if that relationship is going to play a prominent role in the series going forward? Yeah, well, the, the her mother, I think, has two sort of major roles in her life. One is Sage feels a sense of guilt for, you know, basically who her mother is and and Sage was involved in some of her mother's cons when she was very little and didn't really know what was going on. And so she has a kind of desire for like atonement, even if it's not fully logical, right? Mm Because she herself didn't, you know, hasn't really ever intentionally hurt someone. And yeah, I I do plan on bringing Sage's mother back in a more antagonistic role, although she has a pretty minimal role, you know, in the first two books. Like we don't, we don't see her in the second book, but again, it's, it's only four days. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm excited to see more of their relationship dynamic. I think that's a really interesting element to the story. I mean, it's just kind of something, like you said, it's not really prominent in the first book uh, that I read, but it's definitely like simmering in the back of your mind the whole time as a reader. So I'm excited to see more of that. So in the book, Ground Rules opens at 6 a.m. So Sage can catch all the early morning commuters on their way to the office. So are you yourself an early riser or are you more of a night owl? I'm more of a night owl. I ideally never like have to get up early. I mean, if I wake up early and I feel great, I mean, that's awesome. Uh-huh. But no, I would, I would hate, I wouldn't, 
if I had to get up and like open a coffee cart at 6 a.m., I would definitely be dragging. I would be a very slow opener and I would need, you know, a couple cups of coffee to feel human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like, I consider myself a morning person, but like for me, morning person is waking up at 6.30, but to have to be like up and going and at work by six, oof, that would be rough. Be painful. Yeah. So Fresh Bird Murder digs into some really important issues like gentrification and homelessness. And I thought the way you handled those issues just added tremendous depth to the story. Are there any ideas or themes that you're hoping readers will take away as they're reading? It was, it was very important to me with the book being set in the middle of the city that mm-hmm. I acknowledge like everything that's there. You know, and so, and homelessness is, I mean, especially in the middle of Portland, it is, it's a challenge and it's, I mean, we're not the only city dealing with it. And so hopefully when people read it, they get a, still get a sense of hope from the book, you know, and hopefully they also a sense of compassion. Yeah, for sure. And I do feel like, um, like you've got those more serious issues, but the book still like retains its coziness. Um, so it's, it's impressive to see authors kind of balance both of those things. And I do think we're seeing more social, uh, issues that are relevant to the millennial generation and these books with the younger protagonists. So I did really appreciate that. And I thought that that added a lot. Well, to me, it's very important because there are things that we face and we need Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that they're there. And I definitely didn't want to, you know, to dwell in the negative part of it, but wanted to be like, you know, it is part of the lives of our community we need to be aware Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I also loved the suspended drink board that Sage incorporated at ground rules so can you tell us more about what that is okay so a suspended coffee like board is a real thing um it it's actually tradition from Naples Italy and it's basically when you go into a shop or in this case like a coffee cart you pre-buy a cup of coffee or like a pastry or you know something to eat um for someone down on their luck and so Sage has a board and you could buy and her would be specifically a cup of coffee or a pastry. But I actually based this, there was um, a coffee cart in Portland that I love, um, Oli Latte. And they were the first place that I knew of personally that, you know, had a suspended board. And so, you know, you could, when you, they moved into, they moved their coffee cart to downtown Portland. And so you could go and you could, ex- what exactly you could, you know, pre-buy something for someone to be down on their luck. And I was there once when someone was getting a latte and they were, so overwhelmed that they were getting, you know, this, this free cup of coffee, you know, and it's such a small thing that you do. And, and really one thing that I love about the idea is you're both supporting that small business who can't necessarily afford to give away, you know, coffee a day, 10 cups of Mm -hmm. coffee, you know, but wants to. And so that helps them do it. And then you're also helping someone, you know, that needs something right now. It doesn't solve the big picture problem, but it immediately helps someone you know, get something to eat, you know, and so hopefully then they can help make their next steps a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that's just such a, a better way to make a difference in someone's day than like, uh, you know, when people go to Starbucks and do that, I'll pay for the order of the car behind me. Like, that's a really nice gesture as well. But to pay for somebody who actually needs it, that's, that's really neat. Um, I don't, I haven't seen that anywhere here in Utah, but Wow, I would love to. That's such a neat thing to think of. Well, if you go to suspendedcoffee.org, mm-hmm. these are the coffee or copies, there's a website. It's an internet. Someone actually started an international little nonprofit 
to encourage, you know, places to start offering like suspended coffees. And they, I think they might list some different cafes around the world that oh, do wow. it. And if you see a place that would be like a good, you know, they, that might want to do it, you can you know, always write, write the website down for them and be like, you should check this out. Uh-huh. That's such a great idea. I'm going to hop on there and see um, if they have any near me that I can go to. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, like take it to the uh, local coffee shops that I visit as well. That's such a great idea. So um, before we wrap up, let's just do a quick round of lightning questions so readers can get to know you, Emmeline Duncan, a little bit better. And so you'll just say the first answer that comes to mind. Uh, and I think the first one is obvious, but coffee or tea? Coffee. Yes. And the book you're reading right now? I'm really bad at remembering the titles that I read like off the top <laughs> of my head. It's hard when you read a lot of books. Yeah. Okay, so I'm actually reading Victim 2117 by... You see Adler Olson. It's a little darker than what I write. It's set um, like with a cold case unit in Copenhagen. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just finished Earthly Delights by Carrie Greenwood, which um, she also writes the Phryne Fisher Mysteries. Uh-huh. And, and Earthly Delights is set around a bakery in Melbourne. It's a cozy. It has a little bit more edgy content than I would say most cozies. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I would definitely read more in the series. I just mentioned that it's a little edgier because, you know, there's like a goth club and slightly more sexual content than most cozies. Nothing too far, but I like to warn people. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely going to add those to my list. I always love reading like international mystery novels instead of just ones set here in the U.S. So that's really cool. And what's one of your favorite movies of all time? Superman and Superman 2 from the early 80s with Christopher Reeve nice because I watched them when I was so young and it was just such a sense of wonder uh-huh yeah absolutely and what's your favorite season I love autumn um I love the fall I mean I like when the leaves change I like getting a break from the heat um I actually love rain but like fall hiking is absolutely amazing oh agreed yeah I love I love hiking in the fall with all the leaves and everything it's so much fun and what's your favorite genre to read I mean mysteries I'd read a ton I also do urban fantasy like contemporary fantasy and uh-huh. and I, I do also I mean I also read some nonfiction. I try to read very widely and your favorite food anything made from potatoes like french fries <laughs> mashed potatoes you know anything made from potatoes perfect and the author you'd most like to meet um, Jane Casey, the English author, um, I say that partially because she'd be one of the hardest people for me to meet since her books, well, she writes and lives, you know, in London. Mm-hmm. But, but I really, her, again, her books are a little darker than what I write. They're kind of like a, a modern police procedural with a female detective in London. But I just really love her series. I really love the character development over the course of her books. And I think, she, and she just seems like she'd be really interesting. Awesome. I'm definitely going to have to check out her books as well. I'm getting lots of recommendations from this. So that's always my favorite interviews to do. And the location you'd most like to visit. I am looking mm-hmm. at doing some hiking in like Wales or Scotland. Here. And so that oh, is wow. very high on my list. And I would love to go to Croatia. Actually, I've been to Slovenia, but I've never been into Croatia. And that looks absolutely gorgeous. And I've never been to South America and I would love to maybe do like, you know, a hike to like Machu Picchu. Uh-huh. Wow. Those sound like amazing trips. So hopefully you can make that happen soon. Uh, fingers crossed we get to a 
point in the pandemic where it's safer to travel because um, those those all sound like amazing trips. Oh, not just travel, just even being able to feel confident and going to restaurants and stuff again right. would be really nice. Yeah, it would be so nice to sit in a restaurant instead of just ordering takeout all the time. And of course, going to book events again. I can't wait for that. Yeah, and it's and especially just for the people, the servers and like and the people that work in bookstores, you want to make sure it's a very safe environment for them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our, our poor booksellers that went from being in-store booksellers to online booksellers overnight and have been such troopers through all of this. I've been very impressed by some of the creativity I've seen with, you know, book drop-offs and like book clubs and, and mm-hmm. finding ways to get books into the hands of people with when they can't browse. I've been so, so impressed by so many stores. Yeah, absolutely. And then also seeing like more um, online author events and, you know, more podcasts doing interviews with authors just to make it a little bit more accessible um, for everybody to be able to go to those events. That part, I hope, will continue on after the pandemic is over. And a lot of writing orgs, you know, like there's one writing org I belong to and they almost all of the events they hold is in Seattle, which Mm -hmm. I can't drive, you know, three and a half hours for to go do a one hour event. And right. so it's been so nice with Zoom and so many people like throughout the country can like log into events and that's really been amazing. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So like we mentioned earlier, Emmeline's next book in the Ground Rules Mysteries is called Double Shot Death and it will be coming out in April of 2022. So to wrap things up, do you want to tell us what you're working on now and where our listeners can connect with you online? I am working on the third book in the Ground Rule series. Um, I do not have a title yet, although I actually did just send a list to my editor. Um, online, you can find me at my website, emmelineduncan.com. I'm also on both Instagram and Facebook as writer Emmeline Duncan. I'm more active on Instagram. And then I'm also on Twitter as Duncan Emmeline. Wonderful. Well, I will be staying tuned to find out what the next title in the series is. I can't wait to hear more about it. And I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm so looking forward to reading more of your books in the future, as I'm sure our listeners are as well. Thank you so much for inviting me out. Of course. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Get Cozy Podcast, we're going to be ending each episode with recommendations for some upcoming cozy mystery releases that you simply can't miss. So without further ado, here are a couple of cozies to add to your to-read list. Since today's episode is airing on December 1st, I have a couple of holiday cozy recommendations to help you kick off the season. Amy Pershing has a festive new novel coming out in the Cape Cod Foodie series. It's called An Eggnog to Die For, and in this cozy Christmas novel, Fair Harbor is getting into the Yuletide spirit. But when the town Santa is murdered, food writer Sam Barnes will have to don her sleuthing cap once again. With the stress of the holiday season already building, will Sam be able to figure out who slayed Santa while planning the perfect holiday feast? 
My second recommendation is for a classic mystery novel that I'm buddy reading with my grandma this holiday season, and that's Hercule Poirot's Christmas by none other than Agatha Christie. In this installment in the infamous series, a heartwarming family holiday turns deadly when the wealthy Simon Lee summons his four sons home for the holidays and then proceeds to tell them he's cutting them off and writing them out of his will for good. And when Lee turns up dead in the aftermath, Poirot is called in to try and crack the case. That's all for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Get Cozy Podcast to see which authors we'll be hosting in our upcoming episodes. Also follow me at Cozy Christie. That's Cozy, K-R-Y-S-T-I, to see which cozies I'm reading and recommending. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, happy reading and stay cozy.